Your favorite PGA and LPGA legends, pros and top instructors are right here every week on Next on the Tee. Join Chris as the greats of the game share their stories, insights and playing lessons. Now, back to Chris and more of the show. All right, now back with me on the French Lick Resort guest line is Champions Tour Pro Mark Wiebe. Let me remind you about Mark's background. He's from Seaside, Oregon and grew up in Escondido, California. Played his college golf at Palomar Junior College and then transferred to San Jose State. While at Palomar, he was the individual medalist at the 1977 California Amateur, and he won the 1977 Idaho Amateur as well. Turned pro in 1980 and started on the PGA Tour in 1983. His first career win came at the 1985 Anheuser-Busch Classic when he beat John Mahaffey with a birdie on the first playoff hole. He won again the following year at the 1986 Hardy's Golf Classic by one shot over Kurt Bynum, thanks to a birdie on 17 during the final round. Mark matched Bobby Watkins' record for being the youngest winner on the Champions Tour at 50 years and 10 days old when he won the SAS Classic. In 2013, he won the Senior Open Championship at Royal Birkdale, which was the site of this year's Open Championship. He he defeated Bernard Longer on the fifth playoff hole to capture that Senior Major Championship after a final round 66. Later in 2013, he captured the Pacific Lynx Hawaii Championship again in the playoff over Corey Pavin. In all, he's won eight times as a professional twice on the PGA Tour, five times on the Champions Tour, and the 1986 Colorado Open as well. He's now a great instructor, which we're going to talk a whole lot more about, and I am thrilled to have him back with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Mark, thanks for coming back on the show. Hey, Chris, but thanks so much for having me. So, Mark, since the last time we spoke, I, you know, you've moved out west, so where did you move, and how do you like it so far? Well, um, we are... Uh... My wife, Kathy, and I are still up to our eyeballs in boxes, but it's getting better. Uh, we moved to San Jose, California, and I have uh, accepted the job of the director of instruction at San Jose Country Club. Um, a course that I played in college was one of our home courses when I played here in college and went to San Jose State. And, uh, and now just a couple years later, I'm now the uh, director of instruction, so I'm totally excited to uh, to have a place to call my own and and be in one of the oldest and most historic golf courses in Northern California. It's pretty cool too. And Mark, you know, as as you talk about you know being the director of instruction now, and and you know you're a great teacher of the game. Obviously, you're a great you know player out on tour on both tours, the regular tour and the Champions Tour. When you're working with with young students now. Right? What's your style? Are you a data guy? Are you looking at you know the trackmans and all of those sorts of things, or are you more old school, kind of watching how they swing and what their ball flight looks like? What's your style? Well, I'll tell you what style I prefer, and that is the old-fashioned watch that ball fly uh, in the air. Um, but with the day and age and where I am here in the Silicon Valley, uh, you know, the home of stuff like this. Uh, you have to be hip to all of the TrackMan flight scopes, all the data, um, and at least uh, have an understanding for it. Um, some of the younger kids, that, that's what they want. Um, I'm trying to uh, kind of put that together, the numbers together with the visual so I can get them to see what, instead of seeing a number, they can actually see a trajectory of a ball 
and then maybe match that visual trajectory with the numbers that they're getting off the machine. So to answer your question, I think both, you have to be ready to do both depending on what your student uh, desires. And Mark, when you first start working with a new student, what what are you looking for to figure out just what you know what that person needs you know to get to the next level? I mean, swings are uni unique. I think you, you, back when I was first learning the game, I think they were all you know the instructors that I work with anyway were trying to work you know the same kind of swing you know kind of a one size fits all swing. But now we see more and more swings that are you know someone is unique. It's sort of like their own fingerprint. Is their, is their kind of swing. What are you looking for in a person's swing to decide how you're going to get them from where they are to where they want to be? Well, I think that if you can, if you can kind of just get a sense for how their body moves when they swing the golf club, if, they're a, if they have a little bit more lateral than the next guy or maybe they're a little bit more on top of it, uh, staying on top of it, more of that stack and tilt kind of way. Uh, you're just you're trying to see how this particular person, how their body works, uh, so they're comfortable, so they don't have to think about how to swing. What do they What do they look like when they just swing and don't have a thought and don't try to emulate someone else or or don't have the roll your forearms, make sure you're on playing stuff. If you can just kind of see how their body works, and I, I think uh, you know I'm I'm a holder now, so I think I've seen so many swings that are so good um, that anywhere from a Jimmy Ballard type of a move, where some people would call that a sway, uh, all the way down, like I said, to this stack and tilt thing, whatever you know, whatever. Uh, I just think that they all work. It just depends on, you know, what's your natural movement? Um, I, I worked with a, a lady the other day whose natural movement was definitely getting back to her right side and getting way over to her left side. So um, I thought that was awesome because that's just the way that she moved. And um, to you don't have to groove anything. You know, if that's the way your body works, then... You, you're kind of just go with that. You know, you don't have to change something. And, and that applies for the younger kids, too. I love to see somebody in a natural, watch them swing and, you know, not worry about if they cross the line or lay the club off a la Sergio. Or, you know, if, instead of having people tell them that they can't do that to be good, maybe tell them to do that all the time and you'll be really good. And, Mark, talking about younger players, right, so many of us, particularly junior players, have short attention spans these days, and they're ready to give it up, you know, if they don't get the immediate gratification from the game. How do you keep your students engaged and enthused, enthused about the game when they're struggling or maybe they're not getting immediate results? Well, listen, that's one of the hardest things there is, you know, to have to tell a, a younger kid to be patient. Because uh, I was a younger kid at one time, and I didn't want to be patient at all. So, you know, there's there's got to be some, you know, a little bit of patience on their part. Um, but I really think if you're if you're getting frustrated and you're, you're not getting it, then you probably need to get sink yourself more into golf uh, uh, of the game of golf and not worry about 
how you're driving it or how your irons are, when you get to a par four, really get into, I would like, like to make four or less on this hole. What am I going to do to do that? What club am I going to hit to do that? And how am I going to swing to do that? And get a little bit more into that and, and try to get their minds off of the mechanical on the golf course. That can be something you do on the range or in a hitting studio or something like that. When you're on the golf course, that's when you let go and go play. And I'd probably try to get someone and make sure that they're going in a good direction as far as that goes. So a little bit more mental than I would uh, swing analyzing. And, and speaking of the mental side of the game, Mark, we all face – you know, adversity out on the golf course during a round. What do you teach your students to do when they've hit a bad shot or had a bad hole or even played a bad round? What do you do to try to get, you know, get their mental side, you know, back re-engaged with the sport? Well, um, you know, I, my, my son's a good golfer, and when he was younger, I used to really tell him, because this is how he was, but I said, get mad and get over it. So there's, there's got to be a time in there that you – sometimes when people say, oh, I don't want to react to that, and then they kind of shove it away, and then the more they shove, the bigger that balloon gets until it pops. So you don't really want that. Uh, and you don't want to ignore it like it never happened because it happened, and you need to learn from it. So there's a fine line in there of deal with it. What do you think? Okay, good, over. It's, it can be that fast. Um, but I, don't, I think to try, to try to not deal with it is hard. Uh, now, listen, some people are like that. Some kids are like that. They don't deal with it, fine. They don't deal with it. They just continue on. But I'd, uh, if somebody was asking, I would say, you know what, deal with it. Learn from it. You know, I, just, I was leaving the tournament and made a triple. Well, okay, <laughs> you know, what do you want to do now? Wouldn't you like to be in that spot again and see if you can not make a triple? So you have to learn from things like that. That's what makes you great. Um, so I would go that direction. That would be my thought. And, Mark, when you were in the heat of the battle, right, coming down the stretch and you had an opportunity to win, how did you stay in the moment and not let your mind wander ahead or think about, hey, I could win it here, and you know, those sort of things, or let the nerves about the situation overcome you and you know, prevent you from going on and, and you know, winning that event. How do you stay in the moment and not let the pressure and everything else cloud your mind? Well, um, you know, that's probably one of the hardest things to do in golf. It's easier to do when you're playing the game well and you're keen. Um, your mind is keen and focused. It's probably easier to do, um, but you know, I, uh, everybody's probably different in this in this regard. But I, I always felt like, listen, I'm playing really good, so I could I could let myself foul this up if I keep thinking, you know, because you're constantly battling the little voices and hey, I think I got it here, and if I could birdie here, and you have to shove those away or again deal with them. Uh, my way was to think, okay, that little guy's back again. I'll just talk to him when I'm done with the round because I'm kind of busy right now with what I'm doing. <laughs> and that, that, 
that's how I dealt with it. And the funny thing is the little guy, the little voice, was never there at the end of the round. So I kind of, the better you get at that, the, the better I think you get about in that situation. So you're, everyone's constantly, mind is racing, and the, uh, I don't know how to, how to, I wish I knew more because I think I would have won a lot more if I could have done that more. But I know the <laughs> tournaments that I've won, I've, I've just been total trusting and I can totally let go of the reins and just play. I trusted myself to go play. I didn't, I didn't think about hitting or scoring. I knew I was playing well. So I just said, I'm trusting you to go play as hard as you can and at the end of the day, add them up and see how you do. So I, I, I became, as I got older, I became better at that. Uh, but like I said, I think if, I wish I would have known how to corral that a little more. I think I would have won more. But uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, everybody's different, but that's, that's my view of that. Mm-hmm. So, Mark, when, when you first came out, on tour, right? You're a great teacher of the game now. You had a great, you know, career out on tour. Did did any of the players ever give you a pointer or a tip that helped you? You know, whether it was chipping or whatever it might have been. Did anyone ever take you under their wing and say, you know what? Hey, I see something here. Try this. Um, I think that definitely not so much in the golf. The golf was more guys would wait for you to ask. So I definitely asked. Don't get me wrong here. Uh, but I got more of my mentoring on just how to behave and not to be a young punk and how to act and conduct myself at, at the cocktail parties and how to treat my amateurs and the pro-ams and how to be engaging. And, you know, the Hubert Greens, the Dave Stockton, the Andy Beans, uh, I, well, just those that era of guys, um, really helped me and kind of told me what the right thing to do is. And uh, and I obviously just had great admiration for all of those guys and total respect. So uh, I think I got more help there with just that side of it, but I definitely asked Dave Stockton for putting lessons quite a bit. Hubert Green's the best chipper I've ever seen in my life. I've asked him for chipping lessons. Uh, J.C. Sneed uh, was so gracious with me when I first turned 50 on the Champions Tour to help me try to chip off Bermuda grass because I still have not learned how to chip off of Bermuda grass uh, or pitch. Um, so definitely got help from uh, from my peers and definitely, uh, you know, my idols out there that uh, – that helped me, which was a, a better story, actually. <laughs> and, Mark, speaking of idols, did you ever have a moment when you were out on tour when it really hit you that you were playing with and competing against, you know, the, the likes of, you know, Jack Nicholas and Tom Watson, you know, Greg Norman, Seve, all the great players that were sort of in their primes in the 80s and the 90s? Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I'd get done with the round and call my dad and say, Dad, I just played the Johnny Miller. And it kicked my butt again. You know, I mean, how do you even pull the trigger when you're playing with these guys? I've watched them on TV. So, uh, and they're true champions and great champions. And they, you know, go out and play with Raymond Floyd your first time and think you even have a chance to compete. That guy is incredible. <laughs> I mean, he'll just focus you to death to where you just melt. Uh, 
it's just uh, so you know. There's times that you know I, I I can't. There's so many rounds, so many rounds that I just could not believe I was playing with Tom Watson in the U.S. Open, tied for the lead. You know, or or Jack Nicklaus. I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm playing with Jack Nicklaus. Are you kidding me? Right. So, Lots of did you times. did you ever have a uh, sort of you know welcome to the PGA Tour kid moment? Um, you know I felt like a, a couple times uh, from certain people, uh, different comments went farther uh, than with others. I, I remember I played with uh, Fuzzy Zoller and Raymond Floyd at, uh, at Hilton Head one year, and the wind was blowing and. Uh, Fuzzy wasn't, he kind of wasn't having that good of a last day, but Raymond and I were grinding, and, you know, I was grinding hard, and, and I bogeyed the last hole, and I was really bummed. Uh, and I I was, I beat Raymond, I think I ended up being third or something like that, but when we got done, he said, hey, you know what, good playing today. And I went, wow, okay. Wow. Raymond Floyd just told me good playing today. That's pretty cool. Yes, it was. So, yeah. So do you ever do you ever give yourself an opportunity, Mark, just to sit back and gaze at the Senior Open Championship trophy and say, you know, say to yourself, man, I really did that. Oh yeah, I'm looking at it right now, bud. How about that? There you go. Uh, it's it's out and on display in our house. Uh, it's on the mantle right now, and it's a uh, it's a great accomplishment uh, golf wise. It's probably my you know, I, I think, you know, there's so many different tournaments that mean so much. Your first win, of course, is incredible because it's your first win. And then to win a major, you you kind of times that first win by 100, it seems like. And it's incredible to win any major uh, on any tour. So, you know, it's and I, I love that tournament so much. I love that kind of golf so much. And I love uh, I love feeling the spirits when you're over there playing Um you know, where golf started. And I haven't played in Ireland yet. played in Scotland, it seemed like a lot, and uh, in England and stuff. And it's just that, that kind of golf is seems so uh, like real golf, I guess, is the way. I'm sure you've heard that before. It's just real stuff. It's no flying it, spinning it, bombing it, all that stuff. It just seems like it's you hit all the clubs in your bag twice in a round of golf, you know, and you hit one low and one high. It just seems like those golf courses bring out so much. Uh, and it just makes, I think it makes, for me, it makes it, if I had to pick a major as a senior, that's the one I'd pick. So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool trophy. Yes, pretty it cool is. Jug. And, Mark, for those of us, you know, who are fans, what's something about being out on tour that we don't either have an appreciation for or just don't understand what it's like for you guys? Hmm. Well, you know, I think back in the day when I was on the regular tour, the it is an incredible grind. I mean, it is – you're asking so much of your – if you're married, you're asking so much of your wife. If you have kids – you're asking so much of your family, uh, and, and you're just on the road for so much of your life um, that it, it's a it's a grind. And I think 
you know, you win a tournament, you're standing there with a big check and a big trophy, and people think, ah, uh, the life, you know, and you're like, yeah, at this particular moment, it's it's pretty good. I love holding this check and this jug and all that stuff, but, you know, two weeks ago, you maybe missed the cut, and then your plane was delayed, and you didn't get to your hotel. You had to spend the night in the terminal, uh, I, and I'm not I'm not crying about it because there's some, it's a great great life. But I think that the, a lot of times the the fans especially will see the glamour and not they're unaware of the work that was put in to get to that one moment of glamour, you know, during that one time. Unless you're Bernard mm-hmm. Langer, you get a lot of moments of of that every week. <laughs> You know, it's funny because that was going to be my next question. Talk about a guy who is dominating out on tour week in and week out, year in and year out. What is he? What does he do differently than everybody else does? Because that guy just is a machine. Well, he's a machine. I mean, it is. Uh, it's incredible to uh, to witness this because it's not. It's not as easy as as he's making it look, um, you know, I don't know what it is. You know, they talk about that fine line and, and he's a, he has such a dominance that I think there's some guys that maybe go into it and they're in the heat of battle knowing that somehow he's going to win and maybe, you know, they don't give themselves enough credit or, I mean, listen, Bernie's awesome. I just can't believe how many, uh, I mean, he's in my opinion, he's getting real used to winning. So he's kind of just now used to it so much that it just becomes just like when you shoot 72s and 73s, you kind of get in in a routine of shooting 72s and 73s, and he's in a routine of shooting a lot under for three days every week. And, man, it's it's incredible golf. i got to tell you, it's, a lot of good players. Yes. A lot of good players in yes, every it is. It's just a couple more before we let you go, Mark. And we've had a number of caddies join me on the show. And when you were playing, what were you looking for from your caddy? What caddy? What did you want him or her to do for you? Well, let's see. That you know, when you that, that grows through time. When you first get on tour, you're just looking for someone you can trust, someone that'll be on time. Um, and you, you rely on probably a little bit more on your caddy for the correct yardages and make sure they've walked the golf course and have a good yardage book and it's up to date and stuff like that. And I think as you kind of become used to the tour life a little bit more, you become, you know, where you realize you're spending many hours of the day with this person. So, I started just wanting guys that, sure, they were good caddies, but they were good guys. I enjoyed being with them. Uh, I liked their company. I liked if I played well and I got to write a big check at the end of the week, I like writing a check to somebody that I like rather than somebody that I don't like. So I was just looking for someone that I like to be with, someone that I like paying and making, you know, getting them to make a lot of money. And, you know, it became more of a relationship. Um, 
And sure, it was player caddy, but it was more of a relationship, you know, go to dinner sometimes together and go have a beer after the round together and, uh, you know, enjoy each other's company enough when you're on the road and, you know, you're not around family that you could go spend some time with. I think I was more into that than I didn't want someone to babysit me. I'm, you know, as I got older, I knew what I was doing and I, I needed someone to be, you know, trustworthy and, and, you know, be on top of the yardages and, and, uh, you know, if we get close enough, no one to say, hey, man, you're getting a little too fast. Let's slow her down. Or, but nothing nothing major league, not, not too much. So, Mark, before we let you go, remind our listeners how they can, you know, stay up to date with you, the things that you're doing, your 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 website online, and the, and the great instructional stuff that you have available there, and also how they can follow you on social media. Okay, sure. Yeah, mine is Mark Weeby Golf. Dot com. That's my website, markweebygolf.com. My email is mweeby at pgatour.com. And both of those are the best way to get a hold of me or be informed of what's going on on my website. And that also takes you through Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn, I believe, all of those. So, um you know, I'm too old to be into all this social media stuff, but I'm trying real hard. <laughs> Indeed. Well, Mark, I have so many more things I'd love to get your insights on. I hope you'll come back again soon, share more of your stories and your memories with us. It's always a privilege for me to get to spend some time with you. Oh, you're too nice, Chris. Thanks, buddy. And, you know, great show. Really enjoy it and really appreciate you having me on. Ah, Thank you, Mark. Take care. Good luck with all the boxes and the moving in. All the best to you and your family. I look forward to catching up with you soon. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take, take care, Mark. It's Mark Weeby, and again, it's markweebygolf.com, and uh, a lot of great stuff on there, and what a great guy. Can't wait to have him back on the show again real soon.